of the major secrets to a transformed renewed and restored soul is focus if god's word will renew your mind then you must make god's word the focus of your mind the word will not only renew your mind it will set the atmosphere for you to experience what it says god is not responsible for everything happening on earth on any subject of your life where it looks like your experience defiles what the word says there is a diligence required of you to find out what am i missing in this thing if god by himself selectively determines who his word works for then his word is not law then it means his word cannot be trusted the willingness of god to heal is constant it is man's faith in that willingness of god to heal that is usually variable the word of god is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path be blessed today as god's servant reverend peter ayo alabi brings you god's word glory to god so tonight let's begin by talking about protect your soul by renewing your mind protect your soul by renewing your mind um i began to tell you last week your health to master your health you've got to master your soul to master your health you've got to master your soul i began to share with us about that last wednesday to master your health you have to master your soul and one of the things you've got to do to your soul is to protect your soul protect your soul by renewing it by renewing your mind by renewing your soul itself you see so your soul needs to be restored and renewed from sickness and disease your soul needs to be restored and renewed from sickness and disease in other words there must be a reprogramming of your soul there has to be a reprogramming of your soul you know some people's belief and their mindset did you see has been programmed towards early death and sickness and illness you know there are people whose minds have been programmed towards early death towards sickness towards illness they they expect to be sick do you see that they expect to be sick they 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 expect to be sick even if you look in their minds you see sometimes subconsciously and sometimes even consciously they don't really expect to live long because they're living in fear do you see that sometimes it is your experiences in life that has conditioned your mind that way sometimes it's the the the, the experiences of people around you things you've observed you know you've, you've seen people die around you you know you've seen uh close relatives die you see what i'm saying close friends die all right now let me just tell you the experience of anyone including yourself is not anywhere near the authority of the word of god are you hearing what i'm saying we don't live by human experiences we live by god's word we do not live by human experiences we live by god's word we do not live by human experiences we live by god's word romans 3 and we read the third and fourth cha- uh, verse verses romans chapter 3 we read the third and fourth verses for what if some did not believe shall their unbelief make the faith of god without effect 
Paul writing said in verse 4, God forbid, yea, let God be true. Do you see this? But every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. So in other words, it doesn't matter whose experience defiles the word of God or is contrary to the word of God, God's word is superior to human experiences. Yes, 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 yes. Is somebody hearing me tonight? So you've got, you've got to protect your mind by renewing your mind. Now you see, an unrenewed mind is an exposed soul. It's an exposed soul and therefore endangered soul. If your, if, if your mind is not renewed, then your soul is in danger. It's in danger of influences of the flesh to begin with. Then it's also in danger of influences of evil in the world. You know, that duel is such a very terrible, you know, assault against man. The devil and the flesh. And they work together. Satan works with the flesh to get man. When the mind is not renewed, the mind is exposed and endangered. Did you see that? Did you see? So, by the devil and the flesh. Did you see? And so, the mind has got to be renewed. I know we've done a series on that a few months ago. And so, you can still listen to a lot of that and, and really help yourself. But you've got to take that seriously. The renewing of your mind doesn't stop. It's a lifelong thing. For as long as you live in the earth, you've got to keep on renewing your mind. Mount guard over your heart. You owe it to yourself to do that. And I'll tell you, nobody can do that for you. Nobody can do that for you. Proverbs 4.23. You notice here that, you see, Proverbs 4.23, I want us to read it from verse 20. Because you see, if you put it in perspective now, as we're talking about faith and healing, it's going to help you better. From verse 20 says, my son, attend to my words, incline and hear to my saying. He said, keep them in the midst of your heart, let them not depart from your eyes. He says, for they are life unto those that find them, verse 22, and health to all their flesh. Notice, he didn't say the word is like medicine. He says it is medicine. Pay attention to that. He didn't say it is like medicine. Stay where I am, alright? 22. He said it is what? Health, alright? To all their flesh. Now, original say medicine. Some other translation says medicine. Medicine or health to their flesh. Now, it didn't say it is like medicine. It didn't say it is like health. It said it is health itself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So the word of God is health. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The word of God is health. The word of God is medicine. A Christian must be on medication all his life. Hallelujah. The medication of the word. So when you see somebody every day asking, have you taken your meds today? Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you eaten some word today? And, and you know, you know, nutritionists will tell you, let your food be your medicine. So the word of God is our medicinal food. Because it's our food, you know. It's our food. As newborn babes, first Peter 2 2, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. In Acts 20 28, Apostle Paul talking to the Ephesian elders said to them that they feed the flock of God. First Peter 5 2, Peter says the same thing to feed the flock of God. Did you see? And it is with the word. It is with the word. 
that you feed the folk of God. Did you see that? In Jeremiah 15, 16, you see Jeremiah saying the same thing. He said, thy words were found and I did eat them. And your word was the rejoicing of my heart. Do you see that now? You eat the word. The word is food. Did you see? But it is food that is medicinal. Do you see? When you eat it, 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 it becomes health. Because what you eat usually affects your health. Do you understand that now? So in Proverbs 4, 22, it says they are life unto those who find them. What it means is, you know, it, it gives, it ministers life. And Jesus said that in John 6, 63. He said, the flesh profited nothing. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The words that I say unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So notice in Proverbs 4, 20, 22, he says, these words, they are life to those who find them. And Jesus also said it, that these words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So the word is life. But notice it is not just life, it is life to those who find it. And as I like how Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 15, 16, he said, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. So if you don't find it and eat it, it can't be life to you. Any more than looking at salad becomes nutritious to your body. Salad can't be nutritious to your body by looking at it. You've got to take it and eat it. Oh, come on now. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying now? So it says they are life to those who find them and health or medicine to all their flesh. So you've got to find it. You've got to use it. You've got to eat it. You've got to put it inside you. Did you see that? You must thirst for the word. That's how Peter says, as newborn babes, I'll take you back there, First Peter 2, 2, desire the sincere milk of the world. Notice he is not talking to newborn babes. He is only using, likening the appetite of newborn babes, the desire of newborn babes, and using it to teach, to inspire, to challenge. So he says, the way a newborn babe craves for milk, every believer should crave for the word of God. So it means you should always be craving for the word. You must have a craving for God's word all your life. It's a mark of unhealth spiritually for a believer to not crave the word. To not crave the word. The word. You know, you know, a uh, few hours earlier today, the Lord said something to me, very amazing. And the Lord said to me, He said, the challenge is not about people going to church all the time. You know, when people complain about why should we go to church all the time? Why should you spend so long in church? And the Lord said to me, the challenge sometimes is what do they spend time doing in those churches? You shouldn't complain if you're spending time in church being edified. But if what they're doing in the church for so long is just gyrations. You know, there are churches that they do gyrations. I don't want, you know, those garment churches, you know. You know, they, they spend all, all day there. They, they leave home very early on Sunday mornings. They, they stay till late in the evening. That's what those people do. They, they spend long hours, but they are doing gyrations. Some other people gather in churches and they spend hours and they are just doing frivolities. But if you are being edified, then there should be no problem spending hours in church. Of course, moderately. 
Are you hear what I'm saying? I, I'm not going to call you to come on Monday when you should go to work, and and then you know, see, just every Monday. No, 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 I'm not going to do that. We got to go to work because that's why you're going to use the word. So ask you for me. Did you use the word at work this week? Have you used it so far this week? Because sometimes I say Christian, he wants to come and use it inside service. It's in your work. Go and use it at work. Inside service, you are collecting it. So get an answer from your neighbor. Don't let them escape. So, have you used the word so far this week? Have you used it in traffic? Use it in your workplace? Are you still one of those people I see cursing Nepa? A Christian. It just light just goes over and say, you know, go better for. <laughs> so all the hours of word that you had, so what happened to it? <laughs> Be ye doers of the word, yes, not hearers only, yes. deceiving your own selves. Did you see this? Because as you are acting on the word, that is when you are truly proving that you are eating it. Yes, yes, yes. That's the ingestion. That's the complete cycle. The doing part. And that has to be the greatest desire of your heart. The doing part. If you love the word of God, the part that you should love the most is the doing part. Somebody say, I love the doing part. (laughs) Yeah, that's the part you should love the most. Yes, of course, you should get excited hearing the word of God. Get excited to read the word of God. Get excited to, uh, to, to confess the word of God. To meditate on the word of God. But be most excited about doing the word of God about doing the word of god because when you're doing the word that's that's when you complete the cycle did you see that when you're giving corresponding action you're giving corresponding action to what you heard then it becomes life to you then it becomes health and medicine to you notice it doesn't become like medicine it becomes medicine to you if you are not doing it it's not your medicine to you Just because you're hearing it does not necessarily make it medicine to you. You've got to do it. Believe it. And if you believe it, you do it. I always say this. The first corresponding action to the word is the same. (laughs) You've got to say, we have in the same spirit of faith, 2 Corinthians 4.13. According as is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. He said, we also believe... And therefore we speak. It means the first sign that you have believed the word of God is that you will say it. And usually it is the saying that will birth the doing. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, Joshua 1, 8. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mightest observe to do. You know this meditation is about muttering. You are speaking. So it says, as you are muttering the words, saying the words, this is what I'm saying now, you will begin to observe to do the word. So if you are not speaking it, you may never do it. You may never do it. And if you don't do it, then it's not life to you. Then it's not health and medicine to you. Because as you're doing the word of God, the word of God is doing something to you as well. Do the word, the word will do you. He said, do me, I do your affair. Do the word, the word will do you too. (laughs) And the word will do you well. (laughs) Oh, the word will do you well. So you've got to be a doer. You've got to be a doer. 
you're acting upon it. You're acting upon it. But like I said, you believe it, then you speak it, and the speaking births the doing. You know, if you bought a plane, because sometimes you see people talk about, I believe, I believe, I believe, but I don't have to say it. No. The proof of your believing it is your saying it. So you bought a plane, and if you're sitting, you know, by an exit on a plane, Elstesses usually walk up to you and tell you that seat you have comes with responsibility. And they'll tell you just in case of an emergency, which you always say in the most unlikely event of, you know, landing on water or something like that, you know, they'll need you who is sitting by that exit door to be very active to do so and so and so and so. And usually when the Elstess is done saying that, she's going to ask you, do you agree? And then you go nodding your head. And she's going to say to you, I can't take the nod of your head as a response. Say, you've got to give me a verbal response. Because a nod cannot be quoted. So say, I need verbal response. So just the way Stephen is nodding his head now. He's going to say, I need, Mr. Stephen, a verbal response. Because once the verbal response is given, there is something set in motion. You know, a lot of Christians are in church only nodding to the word. But angels are saying, we don't act on nods. We act on verbal responses. That nodding is like a mental ascent. Just like you just did now. Angels don't respond to They respond to verbal response. That's why in Luke chapter 1, the angel appeared to Mary and he's, talk, he's talking to Mary. Mary didn't go, And as the angel didn't leave until she said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. Beat unto me according to thy word. That's the response he was waiting for. That's the response he was waiting for. That's the response he was waiting for. And that's why you notice after she said that, the Bible tells us she got up, went to Elizabeth. Because by speaking, you have shown that you agree, you accept, you align. And therefore, your actions will also align. Then the word begins to do to you what it says. Then the word begins to do to you what it says. That is when the word becomes life unto you. That is when the word becomes medicine to all your flesh. Can you see this? But notice why we're here now in the next verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Right after telling us to pay attention to the word. And it tells you that the word is life to those who find them, medicine to all their flesh. And it says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. For out of it are the issues of life. Out of it are the issues of life. So, if you are hearing the word and you are not paying attention to your heart and your soul, it will be a waste of your time. Meaning an unguarded heart will not let the word minister life and health to your body. I'll say that again. An unguarded heart will not allow the word of God to be health to you. 
an unguarded heart will not allow the word of God to be medicine to your flesh. So you've got to guard your heart. I like us to read in the Amplified Classic. Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. And above all that you guard, above all that you guard, your jewelries, your shoes, your bank account, your ATM, above all else that you guard, it says, for out of it flow the springs of life. Out of it flows the springs of life. Did you see this? Let's read some other translations. I read to you the NLT. NLT says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It determines the course of your life. Did you see this? Glory to Jesus. Let's look at the Passion Translation. Proverbs 4.23. Somebody say, I love the word of God. So he says, so above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Did you see this? He said, pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, the welfare of your innermost being. Did you see this? The welfare of your innermost being. You know, when Apostle Paul was writing to the Romans about the righteousness which is by faith, Romans 10, 6, he says, But the righteousness which is by faith speaketh on this wise, say not in thine heart. So he's saying to them, there are certain things that you shouldn't say in your heart because it will condition your heart against the, the word of God. It will condition your heart against the will of God. And I think it's important for us to understand this. You see, one of the greatest damages that can happen to your Christian life is to adopt this no-fault religion. And I'll tell you what that means. A no-fault religion is a religion that is built on a wrong teaching about God's sovereignty. A religion, a kind of ideology, mindset, that paints God to be responsible for everything happening on earth. God is not responsible for everything happening on earth. He is not. That mindset that says, whatever happens, whether or not we understand it, we take it as God's will. That is completely false. That is totally untrue. Because you've got to understand, man has a duty. Read the text again, Proverbs 4.20. My son, you, my son, attend to my words. Incline. That speaks of your responsibility. Incline your ears to my saying. Let them not depart from your heart. Keep them in the keep them in the midst of. Let them not depart from your eyes. He said, for they are life. So notice, if there will be life to me, then it means I have to take responsibility to pay attention to them. It will be if it will be life to me, I must take responsibility to keep them in the midst of my heart. Put them before my eyes. So what does it mean? It means if I don't pay attention to it. It means if I don't keep it in the midst of my heart, it means if I let it depart from before my eyes, then it will not be life. Yes, and it will not be health. Yes, and that would not be God's fault. Yes, 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 yes. 
So it means if it is not life to you, if it is not health or medicine to your flesh, God is not responsible. It is you who is responsible for that. Oh, but I know somebody who used to, you know, go to church and carry the Bible a whole lot, but yet is is living in in sickness. And, you know, I even know some who have died. And maybe it was God's will. No, it wasn't God's will. It wasn't God's will. Something got missing somewhere. That's how we read in Romans 3, 3 and 4. Let God be true and every man a liar. It doesn't matter whose experience. Whether it was even your, your, your dad, your mom, your siblings. Don't take emotional sights against God. Oh, come on now. Is somebody hear what I'm saying? <laughs> Might even be your favorite preacher growing up. God's word never fails. <laughs> God's word never fails. Never ever fails. So it's clear. And that's one mindset you've got to get rid of. That mindset of, well, maybe sometimes it's, you know, God is the one who determines who these things work for. No. If God has to selectively determine who his word works for, then his word is no longer law. <laughs> if God by himself selectively determines who his word works for then his word is not law then it means his word cannot be trusted oh but glory to God the word of God can be trusted it works anywhere for anyone anyone <laughs> I'll show you a few scriptures. Go to Romans 10, the 12th verse. Romans 10 and the 12th verse. And then from there we'll go to the house of Cornelius. And see what the Bible says. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Do you see that? For the same Lord of all is what? Is rich unto how many? Come on. Do you, did you come with your voice tonight? Is rich unto how many? Who do what? Notice again, there's a qualification there. It's not just read to all. It's read to all who call. So it means there are some who will, who will accuse God and say, He's not rich towards me. Yet they are not calling on Him. You see that? You see, the difference between religion and true Christianity is change. It's change. Many, many are just pursuing religion. They are not really having a relationship with God. The truth, in fact, let me put it this way, the, the real difference, the distinction between religion and the relationship with Christ is change. You cannot encounter Jesus and remain the same. Yes, sir. Yes. It's not possible. Yes, sir. <laughs> you might have been coming to church all your life. If nothing is changing, what you have is a religion, not a relationship with Jesus. You cannot encounter Jesus and remain the same. And that's what religion is. Religion is an assumption. He is rich unto all. No, that's religion. He is rich unto all that call upon him. The gospel of Jesus is the power of God unto salvation. No. It is the power of God unto salvation to those who believe. I know I startled some of you there. <laughs> the gospel of Jesus, Romans 1, 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And you stop there, you are wrong. It is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. And that is the problem with religion. 
religion assumes a lot of things never really understands what jesus said he thinks he knows what the word says but he doesn't know what the word says he says money is the root of all evil that is a lie the love of money is the root of all evil religion is built on presumption on a supposition false who have truths say oh but he's a christian well did you check him out was he living by the word or was he living by some tradition are you saying this now so why should you as a believer be living on drugs going from one sick bed to another sick bed that is not the will of god for you if you find yourself in that situation don't beat yourself or what you've got to do is find out where am i missing it and the good news is god will show you aha he will always show you oh he'll always show you i tell you that oh he will always show you you know much much earlier in life i was sitting in secondary school and it was a particular season in my life. I think it was junior secondary school. And I kept falling ill every Thursday. Every Thursday. It happened for over a month, like a month and a half. And I kept falling every Thursday, every Thursday. I'll never forget, every Thursday. And, you know, I got disturbed about it. I was very young. But I took hold of the word of God, got that concordance. And then I checked everywhere, healing, health, and all that. And I checked it. At that time, I was coughing blood at some point so i checked everywhere and i went into that toilet and i said one of us is not coming out of here and i can tell you it's not me that is not coming out it's that sickness yes, sir. and he did not come out Glory to God. Glory to God. he died there for life i cannot be sick i'm not supposed to be sick i'm not supposed to be sick i went to the world and i sat there everywhere healing health you see sometimes you need to understand there is a diligence required of you on any subject of your life where it looks like your experience defiles what the word says where your experience defies the word there is a diligence required of you to find out what am i missing in this thing what is it i'm missing so in Romans 10, we've seen it there, verse 12, say the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. And that's why you see the next verse 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Sozo, made whole, delivered, rescued. Did you see that? He said, Whosoever. Whosoever. And you see, that, that word is operating. Whosoever means, therefore, it's a law. Because that's one of the things that characterizes laws. Laws work for anybody. That's why you see the symbol of the law is a blindfolded what do you call that thing in law now equity equity the lady of what do you call it eh? equity of justice feg of justice you know that thing and you see that it's blindfolded what it means is i mean it doesn't look at faces are you hearing what i'm saying now even the legal system otherwise it's not law anymore once there's partiality then it means there's no rule of law Ah, there is rule of law in the kingdom, sir. Yes, sir. He works for whosoever. Whosoever. And I always say to you, whosoever means you soever. It means me soever. <laughs> Who glory. And I found out if he could work for Kenneth Digging, he can work for Kenneth Peter. <laughs> 
my God. <laughs> you know, his story is very inspiring. At 16, giving him up to die. Five incurable diseases. One person, a teenager, giving up to die. As if that was not bad enough, all the people around him did not believe in divine healing. They believed that healing died with the, with the last apostle. All the hope he had was snuffed out. But he got that old Baptist Bible and kept reading. He was so weak and sickly. He said it took him sometimes one minute to be able to have enough strength to flip one page. He was that sick. This is what I'm saying now. He said, but one day the Lord spoke to him in his hand and said, well, though they are saying healing died with the last apostle and healing is not for today, but he said, at least none of them have told you that faith is not for today. <laughs> and that was a light. You know, God will always give you a light, no matter how tiny, to lead you out of the darkness. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And that's how you got yourself when you see the man preach Mark 11, 23, 24, all his life, you see, because when you find it, keep walking it for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. <laughs> because it works for whosoever. It works for whosoever. For whosoever. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because he had previously said in the previous verse, he is written to all who call upon him. So it means the salvation that comes to the man who called on him is his riches towards that man. Is his riches towards that man. So when you call on God for healing and he heals you, he has shown his riches to you. He has been rich towards you. And I tell you, beloved, God wants to be rich towards you. <laughs> oh, God wants to be rich towards you. God, God wants to, he's not miserly with his healing power. He wants to be rich towards you. He wants to be rich towards your body. To make you whole completely. Free from all sickness and disease. And all he's saying is, you call upon me. You call upon me. That's all he's saying. In the house of Cornelius, in Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10. Peter is speaking in Cornelius' house. And notice, this is the first time that a Gentile man... You see, um, would receive the gifts of salvation. Hallelujah. And when Peter got there, Peter was really surprised. <laughs> and Peter in verse 34 said, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth. In other words, because Peter was surprised that man, you mean God has included the Gentiles in this salvation, this redemption? So Peter was amazed and he said, he opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. 35. But in every nation, including Nigeria, in Africa, in every nation, he that feareth him and walketh righteousness is accepted with him. And then he began preaching. He began preaching to them. So notice, Peter preached unto them on the premise of his conclusion about God's non-partial disposition in the working of his word so he was going to preach the word to them for them to be saved but peter is demonstrating to us by this statement that listen i believe that what the word did to us the jews is going to do to the gentiles as well yes yes on that premise he now started preaching to them and that's the reason why he, when while he was still speaking verse 43 the bible says the holy ghost fell on all 
Again. All. Did you see that again? Yes, sir. Who heard him? Implying that they all believed. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Because the man preaching it also believed in the word he's preaching. Yes, and that's why I know that if Jesus preached this same word and healed all that heard him, I am also convinced that God is no respecter of persons. That in every nation, everyone who will believe this message can live in the wholeness zone, in the health zone, and in the healing zone. And that's you tonight. <laughs> oh, glory. Be seated, be seated. You know, I tell you, I had to deal with this thing in my mind much earlier in life. All those, my secondary school days when I began to get exposed to the word of God. You know, I, I had to do because at first, believe me, I don't know if you have that kind of problem in your mind, but I did. Well, not a big problem, but it was just a question in my heart that, well, this Bible, you know, wasn't printed in Nigeria. And I said to myself, is it the same experience they have there that we're going to have here when we read this Bible and act on it? I had that honest, innocent question in my heart when I was growing up. And then God told me, of course, of course, same experience. Christianity is not the white man's religion. It's not the white man's religion. Jesus is not the white man. He is not a white man. He is the Lord. <laughs> Somebody didn't hear me. He is not a white man. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. He is the Lamb of God. Have you seen an American lamb die on the cross? He is the Lamb of God. He is the Son of God. He is the risen Savior. He didn't rise up from the dead as a Jewish man. He rose as the Savior of the world. <laughs> That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5. Henceforth know we no man after the flesh. He said, if we have known Jesus after the flesh, he said, henceforth know we him no more after the flesh. And if any man being Christ is a new creature, including Jesus himself, new creation, the firstborn from the dead. Firstborn from the dead. And that's why Paul had to keep reiterating to the Galatians as well. That in Christ Jesus, there is no Jew, no Greek, no bond, no free. So don't tell me Jesus is a white man. Jesus is a Jewish man. No! He is the Lord! He is the Lord. He is the Lord. Oh, glory to God, He is the Lord. He is the reason, Lord. Oh, He is the reason, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Be seated. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So you've got to renew your mind. Renew your mind. If you're going to live healthy, it's not up to God. It's up to you. God has done his part. God has done his part. God has done his part. I'll say it again. If you're going to live healthy, it's not up to God. It's up to you. Because God has done his part. In Exodus 15 and verse 26, in Exodus 15 and verse 26, notice it says, and it shall come to pass, now, 
sorry, Exodus 15, 26, and, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And, and of course, when you read all these things, you need to understand, God is not responsible for putting sickness on anybody. All right? We explain some of these things over and over again. But did you notice in this text, this verse begins with if. And then he talks, he goes on to talk about something you should do. And then it ends by telling you who God is. I am the Lord that he left thee. So he's saying, as far as I'm concerned, I want to heal you. But he says there's something you got to do. Yes, sir. So it means if you're not healed, it's not God's fault. Yes, sir. It has never been and it will never be. And this is something you've got to renew your mind about. You've got to renew your mind about. Stop thinking of healing as something God is selective about. Stop thinking God is responsible when people don't get healed. And that he's even responsible when they get healed. No. Every time Jesus heals somebody, he say, Thy faith has made thee whole. Thy faith. So it means his willingness to heal is constant. It is man's faith in that willingness of God to heal that is usually a variable. I'll say that again. It means the willingness of God to heal, his willingness, his readiness, his ability. I told you God is willing, God is able, and God is what? Responsible. Never forget those three things. God is willing, God is able, God is responsible. He wants to. He can. And he has taken responsibility to do so. That I want to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm not giving excuses. I'm ready all the time. But what is always in question is, do you believe? What is always in question is, are you acting on the word? What is always in question is, what is your mindset about it? So many times believers are not on the same page with God. In their thinking. In their soul. And as I'm saying this to you, that you've got to master your soul to master your health. You've got to protect your soul by renewing that mind. If you start off on that foot where you have these ideas in your head that God is selective about who his word works for, for healing, you will never get healed. You've got to settle it. The word of God, as far as God is concerned, is for everybody. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. So your mind has got to be renewed. Your mind has got to be renewed. Ephesians 4.23 And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Romans 12.2 And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, in Psalm 23 verse 3, he says, He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Did you see that? He restoreth my soul. One of the major secrets to a transformed, renewed, and restored soul is focus. Is focus. Your mind will not be renewed if you keep focusing and feeding your mind with canal stuff. With wrong information. If 
God's word will renew your mind, then you must make God's word the focus of your mind. If God's word will renew your mind, you must make God's word the focus of your mind. As I says, I will keep him in perfect peace. Isaiah 26, 3, whose mind is stayed on me because he trusted in me. Whose mind is stayed? Did you see that? Stayed. Not whose mind is wavering back and forth. Stayed. You see, the thing is, usually in life, there will always be a lag, a time lag between cause and effect. Did you see this? So it means it's a matter of time, whatever you're feeding your mind with will eventually show in your life. It's just a matter of time. You keep at it, eventually it's going to catch up with you. The time lag, notwithstanding, it will eventually show. So if you keep feeding yourself with junk, your mind will be unrenewed and you'll always be a victim of life. A victim of the, of the evil in this world. But you want to live that victorious life? Let your mind focus on the word of God. Keep your mind stayed on him. Keep your mind stayed on the word of God. You know, God kept telling Joshua, he said, don't look to the left or to the right. He said, keep looking right on. Fix your gaze. Don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right. In other words, don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Feed yourself with the word. If you will feed on the word daily, your life can never be the same. I'm telling you what I know. Feed on the word of God every day. You wake up in the morning, carry your Bible and read it. In the course of the day, make it a duty. I'm laboring to teach you the word in season and out of season. We made the message available, the media team walking around the clock, making it available. So at least in, as a member of this ministry, you should be able to listen to one message daily. Listen to a message daily. It's on YouTube, it's on Telegram. Get it on your device. It's on your, you can put it on your phone. Get your earpiece. Listen to one message at least daily. Now I'm telling you what I know what I've been living by for over 20 years. There is no day of this life that I don't hear the word of God. I mean no day of this life. It's not possible. It is impossible for me not to hear a message in one day. And I mean for the past 20 years plus, it is not possible. Sir, it is impossible for me to not hear the word. It can't happen. (laughs) The way you are immunized, I have been agonized. Are you hear what I'm saying? Hearing the word of faith, live and direct, every day, sir, every day, every day, every day. You can't forget what you are eating, and you cannot deny what you are eating. You see, because what you are eating will show in your body. So, in the same way, what you are eating spiritually will show in your life. (laughs) My God. You eat it raw, sir. It will keep you from stinking thinking. <laughs> There's a lot of stinking thinking in this life. It will keep you away from it. Mm. It will make you get irritated by stinking thinking. Do you see that? And got her talking. See, we just talk anyhow. I was in the store one day. And then... 
One lady just opened her mouth and said, ah, hey, that woman that died, they, said, they are burying her today. They say, hey, say, this ground is just eating people. Not me. This was not even a matter of not me. I was, it's, it's nonsense, exactly. He peppered my body where I was. And I responded by leading her to Christ. I said, you cannot be talking like this. I said, do you know Jesus? I do born again. She said, hey, I go to church. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> when I saw she didn't get her, I said, the way you're talking, if you continue talking like this, you will die. She was not a member of our church. I don't need to. So I, this way I talk anywhere. There's no, when it comes to the Bible, there's no respect for yes, your feelings. Yes, because when you go to the hospital, the doctor does not respect your feelings. He tells you the result of your test. <laughs> You say, I don't know how you will take it. Anyhow you like, take it. This is your this is your result. So I said, Lady, do you want to live long? She said, I said, This thing you're talking, if you continue talking like this, you will die. Say, hey. I said, hey. I said, so let me show you so that you will not die like this. I said, that thing you said now, don't say it again. Don't be talking like that. Say the ground is eating people. When was the last time you saw the earth open his mouth to eat somebody? You know, that was the exact thing they said in Numbers 14. They said, the land we went to spite, it eats up its inhabitants. Listen, let me tell you. You go read Numbers 14. The people who said that statement, they died a few days after. Go read this in the Bible. few days after, bam, they died. They died. All ten of them. And the people who were influenced by those words, they didn't make it to the promised land. An entire generation. But one man had another spirit. His name is Caleb. And what that tells you was Caleb's mind was renewed. His mind was renewed. It is a a renewed mind that births. Or better still, the renewed mind is a manifestation of another spirit. I'm not not of this this wrong thing. You know, you say, oh, we're poor. No, I'm not poor. So we don't know what's going to happen. The way Nigeria is going now, we don't know what's going to happen. No, don't talk like that. If you keep saying you don't know what's going to happen, you're leaving your life blank for the devil to write on it. You may not know what's going to happen to Nigeria, but you know what the Bible says about your life. Speak that one. Psalm 37 verse 37. Mark the righteous. Behold the upright man. The end of that man is peace. That's what you should be saying. That's what you should be saying. He said, he will preserve my soul in famine. He will preserve my soul in famine. No matter the economic condition. He said, he will preserve my soul. So my soul is preserved. In famine, he shall preserve thee. (laughs) Job 5. Put it up. Job 5. I believe from verse 26. There about. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, no. Before 26, from verse 20. In famine, he shall redeem thee from death. I am not one of those that hunger will kill. I won't even suffer hunger. (laughs) Hey, is somebody seeing this? You see, when you are talking like this, scripture should be jamming everywhere in your your spirit. Psalm 34, 10. The young lions do what? Lack and suffer what? But they that seek the Lord shall not want any. That's me. That's me. That's me. My God. 
you see that Psalm 84 11 the Lord is a sun and shield he gives grace and glory no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly that's me again that's me again I'm all over the place in the Bible I'm all over <laughs> did you see this yeah so don't join them to talk impossibilities don't join them to talk death don't join them to talk lack talk life be seated please and that's the, that's the mark of, of a renewed mind so when your mind is renewed you, you, you see yourself you are, you are repulsive to those kind of negative talk and then sometimes you see people like that they look at us and they say you guys just like talking like this you know <laughs> like some would say, you know, you people that say you hear God. Said, I'm, I'm worried about you saying you're hearing God. I think I am worried about you who can't hear God. <laughs> you are my own concern. You that cannot hear God, you are my own problem, actually. And, and I mean that for real. I, I, I don't like to hang around people who can't hear God. Because they, they cause a lot of problems. Yeah. And when we say we hear God, I don't mean we're hearing voices. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? But we are led by the Spirit of God. Yeah. Because the Holy Ghost lives in me. Did you see that? He leads me. He guides me. <laughs> you know, so these things like Paul said, they are foolishness to the, to the, to the man who, you know, who is a natural man. Who is a carnal minded man. They are foolishness to him. He, he cannot understand them. He cannot know them. He cannot receive them. Because the kind of mind is enmity against God. Yes. Romans 5, 7. Romans 10, uh, 8, 7. Do you see that? Do you see? Because he's not subject to the law of God. He's not subject to the spirit of God. Do you see that? Indeed he cannot be. Because everything the spirit is saying doesn't make sense to him. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is speaking. And he says, he says a foolish man will ask, how, do, how, how are the dead raised? I like the way the message is. He says, a foolish man. He says, you, you fool, you idiot. <laughs> That message is as if they were looking for who to abuse before, who to insult before. He said, You he said, he said there are no diagrams for things like this. Hey, <laughs> if you are just not in, you are not in. Oh, but we are in. Glory to God. It's the way the kind of mind a person goes to tell you. How, how can you tell me that what I'm saying in my conversations can affect my life? Me, I'm just talking. Can somebody not even talk again, peace? Ah, if you talk anyhow, you will rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody cannot even be playing again. Yeah. Can, cannot use slangs to just joke around and just faff around and mess around. Oh, really? He said, you know, all these slangs, I just enjoy these slangs, you know. You know, all those slangs that they say. Eh? He said, ah, say, you know, ah, I say, you want to go die, you know. Ah, I say, we go dance, die, you know. He <laughs> said, but I really mean it. Ah. Go and read Ecclesiastes. He said, God is in heaven, you are on earth. Why, sh- why should you say, you know, he said, don't be hasty in your words. He said, and you cannot say before the angel, I didn't mean it. He said, look of Ecclesiastes. He said, you can't say that to an angel. Say, excuse me, uh, 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 I did not mean that one. He said, let me rule out for my life. Don't give me the result of that one. He said, angel said, I don't understand that. We be act. That's we don't. He said, if you don't want us to act, just don't say it. 
say, ah, I've been dying to see you. No, don't die to see me, sir. <laughs> don't die. Because if you die, you cannot see me again. <laughs> because me, I will still be here. <laughs> you know, you've got to remove those things from your vocabulary. Got to remove it. It's a programming. Now, say anyone who is around me, you know it. You can't be around me and talk anyhow. Yes, sir. Ah, I'll be jabbing you. Here I say, don't talk like that. Yes, sir. I say, sir, say wakpa. Mi ole wakpa, sir. Mi ole wakpa. Kini pa, kilong pa, lara, italong pa. Everything. Pa, 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 pa. Ah, pati amadjeng parawani. Eh? <laughs> I'm a joke by me. Ah. <laughs> and people don't know these things. It's, I tell you, in any language on earth, there is an injection of death that seems acceptable and harmless to the natural mind, unsuspecting, undiscerning mind. It feels it's normal, but it's not normal. In every language, you see whites, you see English people, death is in the vocabulary. So I'm dying to see you. So I'm, I'm itching. You know, death is just there. Death is just there. And you wonder why that's death talk that sounds harmless to the undiscerning mind is usually feels attractive. You just want to talk like that, you know. It makes you feel like you're among, you know, like you're connecting, you know. It's, I mean, everything is almost in the negative. Yes. You say, man, if you see that ride, man is bad. <laughs> it's not bad. Would I use millions to buy a bad car? Yes, sir. <laughs> what happened to good? Yes, what happened to cool? Yes, but you know, it, it doesn't really suit you until you call it, it's bad. It's mad. <laughs> oh mad, God. Oh crazy, God. <laughs> You're getting it. Yeah, yeah. You see people talking about, you see a husband and I say, my ride or die. <laughs> Can you imagine that? He's calling his wife, my ride or die. <laughs> no. No, ride and leave. <laughs> Ride and fly. Ride and soar. Glory to God. But you all know it. How that those negative negatives, there is a way it suits the flesh. You know, it makes you feel like you are hitting the spot. You are getting the point home. But it's killing people. It's killing people. It creates a death economy. In which they find themselves eventually. Like I said, because there's always a time lag between cause and effect. So it looks harmless in the moment. But I tell you, a person keeps speaking like that, watch out for them in 10 years' time. All those things they're saying is going to dominate them. Because our words dominate us. Our words dominate us. Especially because God has given you options. So instead of calling your spouse ride or die, there are options. Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She does me good all the days of my life. Did you see that? God has given you beautiful things to describe the blessings He has brought into your life. Instead of mad, crazy, bad. 
That's how your car keeps breaking down. So you can't have bad gone. And gradually like this, shock absorber, bad. Carburetor, bad. <laughs> All the bulbs in the house, bad, 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 bad. You got to learn the language of Zion. Phantasmaglorious. It's a combination of fantastic, marvelous, and glorious. Phantasmaglorious. <laughs> Let the things of God be content with them. Stop trying to be like the world. Even church, sometimes our service, oh, bad, gone. Service, oh. The guardian of the saints. Ah, service, a mad lady, man. Ah, if you see our choir, man, what bad, man. <laughs> and I always tell you, you see, the devil doesn't create, but he perverts. He knows that if God wants to get something into your life, he will first get it into your mouth. That's why for 24 years, Abraham was waiting for the reality of what God had promised him to have a child. Nothing happened. In one year of calling himself Abraham, Sarah got pregnant. One year. Is your Bible? One year, just one year. 24 years of just nodding to it. Uh, Nothing happened. Uh, In one year of saying it, it happened. Yes. So God, see, God never changed anybody's name in the Bible just because he feels uh, your changer's name is where your glory is. No. He changed people's name because he wanted to change the way they talk and what they say about themselves. As I if God doesn't give you such a revelation, don't change your name. So when they change their name to Abraham, they will start failing in life. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you today. <laughs> Understand the reason why God gives people change of name. It was to change his consciousness. When the angel met with Jacob, he, he had to remove that consciousness from his mind. Because you are calling yourself Jacob. They call you Jacob. You answer to supplanter. It was like trying to say, can't you see? You've been living up to it. You've been a cheat. You've been messing everything up everywhere because they call you supplanter. I say, yes. Supplanter, yes. It's entering your consciousness. And it begins to reflect in your life. So the angel said, this one that you have an encounter with me today. What's your name? He said, Jacob, he said, uh-uh. He said, no, you can't be supplanter. You are a mighty prince. He said, so from now, when they ask you what's your name, say Israel. He's doing it to change his consciousness. That's the issue. That's the issue. So you change that thing from your mind. And that's the reason why, you see, one of the, the most powerful tools to renew your mind is your own mouth. To renew your mind is your own mouth. And you're talking it. You're saying it. You're meditating it. Meditating on it, meditating on it, meditating on it. I am who God says I am. I am what God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. In the name of Jesus, there are no limitations to my life. I will be everything God says I will be. No one hear me say certain statement. I'm not bragging. It's my confession and meditation. If the devil becomes twins, he cannot stop me. Cannot stop me. I am unstoppable. The force of God's favor is upon my life. It is propelling me forward every day. It's a consciousness. I can never be stranded in life. 
See, if you know where I'm coming from, <laughs> you will know that I'm not like it at all. Because in life, you need to be ready to take responsibility. God cannot confess his word for you. You have to do it. You are coming from a background of fear. You talk yourself out of it and walk out of fear. And be everything God wants you to be. <laughs> David, you could tell from his life. If at 14 he could face a giant. It's because when you go and read the Psalms, you should not be surprised. People who talk like that, and he wasn't talking to a congregation, he was talking to himself. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I fear? When the wicked, even the enemies, when they rose up against me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Ah, when a person is talking to himself like that, you better run away from him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's the reason why you see when he heard the voice of Goliath, he said, Who is that guy? Who is that uncircumcised Philistine? So when they took him to Saul, he said, Let no man's heart fail him on account of this one. This one, because he was like, My confession and meditation, he don't cover this one. <laughs> he knew the reach and the scope of his words. He said, This guy is within the scope of my words. <laughs> I finished him before I even met him. Because for David to have said on circumstance, it means he had sized him up. He checked him out. Does he fall into the category of the enemies that I have captured by my words? And when he, when he certified him as one of them, he said, there's no problem again. That's why he didn't come with weapon. He said, stone is enough. Because words have finished the work already. When you see a man who has been speaking, when he shows up on the scene, it is not so much about intellect or physical stuff. The words have gone ahead. 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 And that's the thing. You see, the word will not only renew your mind, it will also set the climate for you. For the expressions of what those words say. The word will not only renew your mind, it will set the atmosphere for you to experience what it says. I repeat that again, the word does not only renew your mind as you're saying it, acting on it, it not only renews your mind, it sets the atmosphere for the manifestation of what it says. To make you into what it says. To change your life into what it says. That's why no matter how sick your body is, you must begin to envision yourself as whole healthy and healed you must see you healed you see yourself whole strong without pain in your body you must see it and listen it's not an image you conjure with your brain it's an image the word of god will paint by itself you see the thing about meditation is as you're meditating on the word of god the word begins to paint pictures on your on your inside and they are compelling images because if you try to use your head to conjure images your circumstances will frustrate you you will not be able to sustain those images but when you are meditating on the word the word will paint something into your spirit higher it will it will get into your spirit that's why i say you will observe to do so there is an you you can't observe what is not there so as you are meditating on the word you will begin to see the word making you into what it says you begin to see it happening you see yourself whole healthy you see yourself living a life without sickness you begin to see your future different from those of your ancestors 
different from those of your of your progenitors you begin to see a future different you see a new path that's why i say for he will show me the path of life thou will show me the path of, he didn't say i will conjure the image of life no thou shall show me the path of life psalm 16 11 for in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand pleasures evermore that's the description of the path of life joy is there pleasures evermore is there when he shows you life you won't see pain again you see pleasure one of the ways that, that you can also renew your mind is by constancy of the right lifestyle by constancy of the right lifestyle that is live according to the word that's the right life the right lifestyle is to live according to god's word nothing can be more right than that to live according to the word luke 21 19 says in your patience possess ye your souls in your patience jesus speaking about the end time and he said in your patience possess ye your souls the word patience there is constancy or consistency so you just being cons- be remain consistent with doing the word of god and he says you possess your souls by doing so very quickly you must also understand your appetite and I mean your natural appetite for food it's part of what is responsible you know some people just have a problem they keep craving what will kill them that's why I tell you when you see a person struggling with alcohol addiction drug addiction addiction to junk food and all that stuff that's already in itself an attack of the enemy against the person's health say i just can't help it i just can't help it i just can't help it your appetite is in your soul so you can deal with it it's in your soul show you a few scriptures very quickly in genesis 27 4 you see how (coughs) isaac said to esau and make me savory meat such as i love and bring it to me that i may eat that my soul may what bless thee before i die so what he said, he said, you give me the food. He said, my soul, the food is going to do something to my soul. Do you see that? You see in, in verse 31, he says, and he also had made savory meat and brought it unto his father and said unto his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's venison that thy soul may bless me. Did you see this? In Job 6, verse 6 to 7, he said, can that which is on savory be eaten without salt? And I know all of you can relate to this. Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? Answer, answer the question. It's Job that is asking. The white of an egg, does he have taste? <laughs> Verse 7 says, The things that my soul refused to touch are as my sorrowful meat. Did you see this? In, in, in the same book of Job, chapter 33... He says in verse 20 to 22, So that his life abhorred bread, and his soul dainty meat, his flesh is consumed away that it cannot be seen, and his bones that were not st- seen stick out. Yea, his soul draweth near unto the grave, and his life to the destroyers. So notice he says here that his soul, did you see, abhorred, dainty meat, that is, it is normally supposed to be the soul that should desire the food. When a person has lost their appetite, it is a problem in their soul. And usually it's as a result of the pains in the body sometimes. The condition of the body has affected the mind so much. Did you see that? Affected the soul so much. It's nothing, that's why sometimes when a person is sick, he can't even think of the normal things he used to enjoy again. Because the condition is affecting his soul. Did you see this? I like the way the Amplified Classic puts it in verse 20, Job 33. So that his desire makes him loathe food. And even dainty dishes nauseate him. Did you see that? 
HCSB translation, that's Holman Christian Study Bible, so that he detests bread and his soul despises his favorite food. I used to say when people are sick sometimes, the food they love the most, they don't like it. It's smelling to them. Not you. My <laughs> God. Psalm 107, 17 to 18. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul aborates all manner of meat. Did you see that? And they draw near unto the gates of death. Now, if you read in that Job 33 and you read further down, put it on the screen for me quickly Job 33 from verse 23. Because it tells you God's restoration plan for man. It was Elihu that was speaking. And let's keep reading from verse 23. If there be a messenger with him it means when the person gets to that point where he's almost at the point of death he said but if there be a messenger the word messenger is the hebrew word malak all right which represents a messenger specifically sent by god if the word is usually for angels a prophet a priest a teacher do you see that sent by the lord so he said if there be a messenger with him an interpreter one among a thousand to show unto man his uprightness see what's going to happen to him he says then he is gracious unto him and said deliver him from going down to the pit i have found a ransom his flesh go back come on continue his flesh shall be fresher than a child this is the kind of restoration god can bring to a person when he heals them he shall return to the days of his youth god can restore youth youthfulness he can restore the energy of youth Look, notice the difference now this is a person who is near the grave his bones are sticking out already he's lost his flesh he's lost his stamina he's lost his energy and stress he said but if there be a messenger did you see what i'm saying now an interpreter one amongst a thousand did you see that who would declare or show unto man his uprightness he says and then he says god will ransom that person he says and go on go over 25 now notice he says it will make him fresher than a child come on walk with me 25 he shall his flesh shall be fresher than a child's he shall return to the days of his youth keep on going 26 and then he says he shall pray unto god and he will be favorable unto him and he shall see his face with joy for he will render unto man his righteousness so sometimes if people just die just like that something got missing no messenger sometimes because even the messenger that should speak doesn't believe <laughs> he doesn't believe in God's power to restore. He said his flesh shall be fresher than a child. Yes, sir. He will return to his youth. Mm-hmm. It, it means God will restore the energy. Yes, he will restore the health. Yes, hey, is somebody hear what I'm saying now? Yes, healing is for today. Yes, and the healing power of Jesus restores to perfect condition. Yes, did you see this? In Acts 14, 17, Paul speaking, Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. Look at it. He said he filled our hearts with food. But you wonder, we don't use our hearts to eat. Shape is our mouth we used to eat. But it tells you there that it is not just your mouth that is eating the food. Your soul loves it. Your soul craves for it. The reason why food, that's why food gives feelings. Those of you who are foodies, you know what we're talking about. Foodies. Ask your neighbor, are you a foodie or a Christian? I'm not sure you can be both. Praise God. Some of you do not hear me. Are you a foodie or a Christian? I'm not sure you can be both. (laughs) Because Paul says, Some do not serve the Lord, they serve their belly. I'm just joking, man. Praise God. 
So write this down. Let God's word renew your mind about food. Yes. <laughs> Let the word of God renew your mind about food. The word has to renew your mind about food, and I mean that. You see, what, what, how does the word renew our mind about food? I, I believe I showed you this uh, upper Sunday. You see? In Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 16, Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child, and thy priest eat in the morning. Verse 17, Blessed are thou, O land, when thy king is the son of nobles, and thy princes eat in due season for stress, and not for drunkenness. Not just for the fun of it, then. You know, just eating anyhow. Just eating anyhow. Eat your stomach is already full, but you are, your eyes are bulging out. You say, my junior child. You know people like that. Your stomach is instructing you that you are full, sir. Your eyes are budging. Ah. Say this food. I don't know when next I will see it. I took some food for buffet a few years ago. And a particular fellow, my God, when I saw what he ordered, I said, God. Is this a human being <laughs> or a god? <laughs> you know, people when they serve themselves, they serve like someone who, who they've, they've they've given a death sentence. And don't bother Oh my God! Or somebody that they want to go and sell because they really want to sell slaves. They will feed them. <laughs> So like we weigh a lot and we want more. <laughs> don't eat like slaves. They eat, eat, eat like this. Ah, ah. The Bible says if you are a man given to appetite and you are invited to dine with a king, put a neck, a knife to your throat. Yes, 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 yes. And that's a figurative expression saying, your God, control your appetite. Don't eat like Wobia. Hombiliki. <laughs> You see combination. My God. <laughs> Swallow salad. <laughs> and some people pride themselves in it. They say, ah, in our family, where we come from, like this. They, I mean, we praise ourselves for our ability to eat. Eh? <laughs> it's not a special ability, it's not special gifts. <laughs> You know, sometimes if you listen to the Holy Ghost very well, when you're eating to a point, the Holy Ghost will keep give checks in your spirit and tell you that's enough. Sometimes it will tell you don't even eat that thing at all. And sometimes it might be saving you from eating something contaminated. Now, some of you probably been in situations where you you shall went ahead to eat it, and then you were going to toilet for three three weeks. And every time you went to toilet, people didn't know you were repenting there. Say, ah, Lord. I will never be ungrateful to you, Lord. I will never be ungrateful to you, Lord. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you got to let the word of God renew your mind about food. Eat for strength, not for drunkenness. Now, there's a pleasure food gives, but don't take it to the extreme. Philippians 4, 5, he said, Let your moderation be known unto all men. He says, The Lord is at hand. 
The Lord is at hand. So let the Lord renew your mind about food, about what you eat. Because you can't confess healing and eat death at the same time. You can't be confessing healing and eating what's going to kill you at the same time. In other words, you cannot eat wrong by faith. You can't eat wrong by faith. You can't be eating what will kill your body and be saying, I'm doing it by faith. It's not going to affect me because uh, I'm living by faith. I will eat. It's like somebody trying to swallow poison and saying, in Jesus, name, this poison will not kill me. That would be tempting the Lord your God. And there's no cover for that. And you've got to be conscious of this. You see, all these teachings are, they are trainings for long life and longevity. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Some many things a lot of people didn't know, even preachers. As one of the preachers mentioned in the God's General's book written by Robert Zladon, it's one of the things that killed him. In fact, the Lord sent a warning to him to judge himself on his eating habits amongst about two other things. But he never listened. Man just ate himself to death. He was obese. He died at 39. Great healing evangelist. I mean, one of the most anointed evangelist this world has ever seen died at 29 or 39 of sickness the lord asked him to judge himself about his eating he also had a competitive spirit did you see and how he handled his finances but you see sometimes it is one thing that will open the door for other things to come in i mean when you look at pictures of that man you could tell he was obese was obese and he eventually died of that sickness now the healing anointing was on his life healing others that's how you should understand is the healing the anointing of god on the life of a believer and a minister is for other people you you don't live the christian life by the anointing you live the christian life by the word of god i'll say it again you don't live the christian life by the anointing the anointing is not for christian living the anointing is for ministry it is by the word of God that we do Christian life, that we live the Christian life. Whether you are a pastor, whether you are an apostle, whether you are a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, do you see what I'm saying? No matter what your position is, even in the church, you don't live the Christian life by the anointing. You live the Christian life by faith, by acting on the word, the wisdom in God's word. You do your exercise. I do it. I walk today. I've walked several kilometers today. I'm talking about I'm walking to, to go to work. I mean, walking that I'm doing exercise consciously. Get out of the bed, walk, walk kilometers. You see what I'm saying? And speaking the word of God as I'm walking, muttering tongues. I don't care who is looking whether I don't care. Somebody greet me this morning. Good morning, sir. Macro, Morning. Bronge. Same break. I'm going on. Like that. If you look at my warning, what's he saying? It's none of your business. It's not what I'm talking to. He that's speaking in tongues, speaking also to men or to open unto God. <laughs> how big is this really? Speaking mysteries. Because I, I have learned how to be very smart in life. As I am walking, exercising my body, I'm also exercising my spirit at the same time. It's, it's called being smart. So what I'm saying. Be careful what you eat. So I'm not going to say because I have healing anointing to heal other people, then I'm careless about my own body. I'm not. You see, because many Christians didn't have this understanding. They were, they were relying on the anointing for their Christian life and their personal life. And they thought the anointing failed them. No, the anointing didn't fail them. They were trying to make the anointing do what it was not designed to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, many have died because of that. Many have died because of that. Wrong teaching can kill you. 
telling you now. Wrong teaching kills people. Ends their lives. Many are living in serious sickness, health crisis. Because of wrong teaching. They don't sleep well. Get, don't, not get enough sleep. Do you see that? You can't be cheating your body from the sleep your body deserves. And you do that for so long. One day is coming in the future, no matter your confession. That sleep deprivation is coming back to haunt you. No anointing is going to stop it. I can tell you that. There are, are, are wise choices about health a Christian must make. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of the sicknesses people begin to see in their lives in their 40s, even these days in their 30s, is as a result of a lifestyle, especially this age of gadgets. A lot of people don't sleep anymore. They are on their phones till 3 a.m. And they have, he has to go to work by 6 a.m. in the morning. And by the time he's in his 30s, they're not diagnosed with all kinds of sicknesses. He's not binding the devil. No, bind your foolishness. That's where your problem's coming from. You got to sleep well. You got to know where to put your phone down. Know where to put your tab down and go to sleep. And sleep well. I'm not a therapist or what. There are some things that are just common sense. If you are not sleeping well, you cannot be well. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. You can't be. There will be a lot of dysfunction in your body. Again, there is always a lag between cause and effect. As you lay your bed, beloved, you're going to lie on it. <laughs> I tell you, eat right, sleep right, exercise, move your body. Your body has to move. If you are not moving your body regularly now, ah, old age is going to be exact. I mean, results time, harvest season. Move your body when you are young so that your body can continue to move when you are old. So you say, ah, dad, but uh, I went to work today now. I was in the bus. I moved. No, you didn't move. The bus moved. <laughs> it's the bus that was moving, not you. <laughs> Even if you were driving, it's not movement. It's the car that is, that is moving, not you. Because you just sit down in one place. It's your leg that is just pressing towards you. And your hand is doing That's not exercise. Driving is not exercise, sir. You will get down. You will walk. You will go through the staircase. Some of you walk in offices where there's elevator and there's staircase there. You staircase, sir. <laughs> you run up the stairs. My floor is rolling. Come on now. One, two, one, two, one, two. Some of you like they say, let's jump. Ah, hey. we need Lucas' boost in this service. <laughs> I think I should take you. Those are, if I, maybe it's two of us, I should carry you to redemption account one of these days. It's been a while. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's just go there. Yes, yes, yes. Let's yes. wake you up early in the morning. My friends will come on. Prayer walk. Let's go. One, two. Makaya. Some of you like this, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> to, to catch up, it will be serious. <laughs> you do your walk like that. Brisk walk like that. Swing in your hands. And any other exercise you want to do. Push ups. Some of you can't push nothing. <laughs> I saw a video of a, a fellow at a beach, a white guy. I know what he did. I mean, obviously with portable everything, but he now he now designed his the air on his chest like six packs. <laughs> and was just walking with pride like that. <laughs> so if I can't get it by, by exercise, I get it by design. <laughs> now Six packs does not necessarily mean fitness, health-wise. So that's not the goal. I'm not saying go and get six packs. 
But I'm saying you got to make healthy choices in life. Renew your mind. Don't be amongst those. You see, when you see a Christian who says, all those things don't matter, your mind needs to be renewed. Because Paul says, bodily exercise profited little. That little will save your life. It's going to save your life. It's going to save your life. Next week, I'm going to continue from here. And I'm going to tell you how not to defile your body. Eating the wrong stuff is defiling your body. And the Greek word Paul used, thero is the word. That word is quite difficult to pronounce. F-T-I-F-T-H-I-R-O. It means to destroy. You see in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, Paul says anyone who defiles the Lord's temple, he said the Lord will destroy. The word defile and destroy in that text is the same Greek word. Same Greek word. And it's amazing in that context of 1 Corinthians 6, Paul isn't talking about immorality at all. He's talking about the judgment seat, how God will judge tribal man's work by fire. And then he begins to speak to you about your body, your temple. And the reason is simply because the work God needs you to do on earth, you can only do it in this body. So if you, if you destroy this body and you don't allow your spirit to fulfill that assignment, God can't be happy about that. God cannot be happy about that. You need your body healthy. And I, and I, and I want to pray for you that God will supply all your needs. That you will be able to afford the right things. Things good for your body. Things good for your health. Oh, you will not just eat what you see. You will be able to eat what is right. not just be eating what you see god will so supply your needs notice in acts 14 17 put it on the screen and i want you to stand on that scripture he said he gives us fruitful seasons giving us rain from heaven and satisfies our hearts with food and gladness did you see this it satisfies our hearts with food is the goodness of god beloved you know, when Paul spoke in First Timothy 6 as well, he said, having food and raiment, let us there, we'll be content. See, it's a basic. God wants to make sure. It is his will that you have good things to yes, eat. Yes, Do you see that? Good things to wear. Yes, you shouldn't suffer lack for food. Yes, and I mean good choice food. Not just anything. You know, there are people that they, 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 they just eat whatever they see and they've, they've been eating things that, are da- that is damaging their health for years and I tell you these things is a law eventually those things will show up show up in the body show up in the body a lot of sick folks they're looking for healing the sickness came by reason of wrong choices wrong choices wrong you know there are times they say in a family they have these hereditary illnesses uh, you know but let me tell you something even if they say there is hypertension in your lineage it is only a possibility it's not a a, a certainty that it will happen to you and you just, even from a medical standpoint now they'll tell you if you make the right choices you can turn away from that path and also sometimes you see families where there's almost everybody has high blood pressure except one person. He also has the propensity, but look at that one person. He has made different choices from the rest of the people there. So his life has that is even on the natural level. Imagine when you now go on the supernatural as well. 
This message was brought to you from the Heritage of Faith Church. Our vision is raising stronger believers. For more impactful resources, visit our website at www.hofng.org. God bless you.